Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. Few things to talk about this time. Talk about inflation. There's some good news on that front. Kind of okay news in the stock market, though it's not been very pleasant the last couple of weeks. Uh, and not good news on the global food supplies. Numbers headline inflation has cooled a little bit. Core has cooled a little bit. Unemployment claims have crept up a little bit. We really haven't seen any adjustment in the unemployment rate. It's still at 3.6. I suspect even if we have an adjustment in the data and it goes down for a little bit, next couple of important moves will be up. Quick look at employment. Here the red line is new hires. You can tell there's sort of an adjustment during the COVID crisis. The blue is job openings, and that's across the board. That's hourly, that's salary, that's a variety of available positions as the labor market sort of works itself back. What we had, and I know this is kind of a complex graph, it was a complex study. The blue here was February 2020. The red was April 2020. The green is this April's 2022. You notice a lot of labor has gone back by age group, has gone back to their jobs, young, medium, career types, all that kind of stuff, except over there on the left, that light green are those over 65. Many of those over 65 have not returned to the workplace. They either retired early or they're doing DoorDash or they're doing something but they're not back in the workforce. And a lot of those available jobs have historically been reserved for the second retirees, whatever you want to call them, 60 or older. We'll see how that market adjusts. Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland, yes. Most of the drama is probably over with inflation. Growing is over. The numbers are still high, but they have probably begun the process of coming down. Some of these things are going to come down, not all of them. And they're not going down to where they were. Don't assume that's ever going to happen. The accommodative part from the Federal Reserve and the Treasury is just going to have to adjust. People are still taking out mortgages. I think the blue down here are the jumbos. And regular people in the mid-market are taking them out too. Slowing in purchasing really hasn't shown in the data yet. This is a few months old. It probably will. It's squeezing people out. The affordability of a mortgage at, let's call it six today, we'll probably have seven by the end of the summer, pushes people out in a big hurry. There was already a thin line about affordability when mortgages were three and a half. And with prices staying up, certainly in markets like Denver and all of the hot real estate markets, they're showing no signs of easing at all. Some places out in the more rural environment, you can get a stabilized price now, but they're not shrinking. It's just not there yet. Fundamentally, the debt on the mortgage side hasn't changed a lot. It's been going up. Regular credit card debt is flat. Revolving debt is kind of flat, you know, boat loans, that kind of stuff. Student loans has kind of flattened because it's been on kind of a hiatus here for a while. It's 
been car loans where people have been spending their money. So far, that's the place where it's growing the most. This isn't a credit card crisis like we've had or a mortgage crisis. It's really not even extravagant spending. Fundamentally, a lot of it is just increase in costs of things. S&P 500, NASDAQ, this is the last 12 months. Not a pretty picture. This isn't over. Uh, there's going to be probably some more pain. Most of it due to inflation. Most of it due to the attitude, the sentiment, whatever it is in the marketplace. Basically, as we come down, this is forward earnings. Uh, we're getting down to where we were, where we probably ought to be. So the S&P was a little steep there for a while. We talked about that. But the market is really not a bargain. I don't know if we'll ever get to bargain status, but the S&P 500 and a lot of equity markets are at a reasonable price right now. Some people, it's a good time to buy. There's some logic in that right now. If you look around for, gee, we're going to wait till we get down on the weekly 200-day moving average, which we haven't seen yet, you'll notice that that's generally where the market, I'll use the term, capitulates, and people go, okay, good time to buy, let's go. That could happen at any time now. We know what the Federal Reserve's going to do. We got 50 basis points coming in June, another 50 basis points right after that. They're going to be on top of it by then. I think there's a lot of confidence in the marketplace. They know exactly what's going on. Dollar keeps getting stronger. When the 10-year keeps going up, the dollar goes right up with it. It makes for an interesting relationship. Equity markets, the white in this thing is the global equity markets. All the equity markets are down. The blue line is the 10-year. You notice the 10-year treasury can get 28 on a 10-year, that means the Federal Reserve will pay you 2.8% with zero risk. So there's a lot of activity of people getting out of stocks and into treasuries. They're just going to hang out until this is over. On the government side of things, we had a great government surplus. I'm surprised that the current administration hasn't made a bigger deal out of this. But when you have so much revenues and you see the red line there, that's revenues. Versus the blue line is the actual spending. That is way down. That's a surplus. That's a big surplus. You can think, gee, we've got a surplus. We're being prudent again. Yeah, yeah, you can think that. Basically, what happens, however, is Treasury takes that money out of market. They just remove it from circulation. It's not like it sits around in a bank. We've talked about M2 a lot, and this is the current M2. You notice it's been growing and how it went way up when there all the stimulation for COVID happened, all those government programs and the here's money to pay your rent, that kind of stuff, whoop, that's when it went way up. You notice it's flattened and crept down a little bit. That's just indicative of what happened when we had a surplus this time. Money comes out of the system, M2 goes down. And when the Federal Reserve starts rolling off their assets, selling their stuff. They're just going to pull that money out of the system by reducing the reserves at banks. They gave the reserves to the banks to do the payroll protection programs and a lot of other stimulus stuff. Separate from the direct checks they sent to people, but they're going to have to pull that money back out. So we want to see M2 come back down and come out a couple of trillion dollars. 
it will help the overall inflation in the system. The bad news side of this for me is one of the areas that prices are going to stay up. Fundamentally, most prices are going to stay up. They're certainly going to stop growing, but they're going to be up. Uh, gasoline is probably going to be up for a little while, but it's food that is going to have the biggest impact. Fertilizer, nitrogen is very expensive. It takes a lot of natural gas. So if you're a farmer in India, you can't afford to buy it. So your yields are going down substantially. That's in seven months. There's still some transportation problems. Grain here, grain there, can't get there, can't get out of the Black Sea, whatever it is. It brings to a fore some fundamental shifts that have been going on in the cost of food. And just on the surface, I'll point out this area alone. Here's the Mideast and North Africa. Their water situation is worse than bad. It has gotten critical. There's 900 desalinization plants in the Gulf region. Almost all of them run by huge diesel motors that as a group, they put out as much pollution as a mid-sized town does in the United States. But they have to have water. And the only place they can get it is pump it out of the Gulf of Arabia through a desalinization plant. And you're going to see a lot more of these. Australia does that. California is going to have to do a lot more of that. The big aquifer in Saudi Arabia is dry. It's never going to be replenished. Growing food in Saudi Arabia, other than tomatoes in little tiny garden plants, is over. They hope to have enough water to drink. And that goes for the rest of the Mideast. Israel controls the Jordan River. That's where the water for Iran and a lot of the rest of the places go for. We don't know what they're going to do. Ethiopia now controls basically the Nile. So that has a huge impact on Egypt and some parts of Libya. It just goes on and on and on. Nevada is going to run out of their aquifer in the not too distant future. California already has. They might be using desalinization plants to try and refill that aquifer to give water to almond trees. Where people grow food and how much food they grow is in the midst of a fundamental shift and food is going to remain more expensive. And it begins with wheat, rice, the fundamental grains. They're the beginning of the food chain. So livestock and so on, you know the rest of the, you know the, rest of the story. Unfortunately, that part of global inflation, there is a fair amount of global inflation, is going to stay there and there's not a lot you can do about it. And it's going to hurt those that can least afford it the most. India will not export wheat anymore. That's going to have a huge impact on all of these countries, especially Egypt. Well, anyway, markets are okay. There'll be a pretty good buy here very soon. And I suspect the recovery will be fast. And it'll be difficult to predict when it starts. But there'll be a point when there won't be any more fear about inflation. And... Off it goes. It'll go back and we'll have another uh, bull market for a while. Thanks for joining me. As always, here it is for information, info at SHJ Wealth Advisors. Send me a question. I'd be glad to answer it. I'll uh, see you next time.